First Church and Parish in Dedham, January 30th, 2011. It's hard to argue with the Buddha by the Reverend Raleigh Weaver. In many ways, Buddhism is such a simple faith, it might be more beneficial for us to sit in meditation for 15 minutes instead of sit and listen as I attempt to wax eloquently on the subject of what it requires to be mindful and present. If we were really celebrating the Buddha's birthday, of course, that is exactly what we would do. We would light incense and recite mantras and sutras. Perhaps that might help to get us started, to really get right concentration. I invite you to sit in right posture and repeat after me, Aum. Aum. The Om sound is actually common in Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. In Buddhism, it is primarily used as a mantra, or the beginning of a mantra, which is a phrase or word that brings about transformation. For Buddhists, Om is considered the most holy and primordial sound in the universe. It is the ground or the center of all. Let's try it one more time. How might it feel to be present to that one sound for the length of a sermon? I believe this is what the happy Buddha meant when he was asked what is the meaning of Zen and he drops his bag. Emptiness, non-striving is the meaning of Zen. But generosity and presence of mind and showing up are the actualization of Zen. Doing without doing. Zen is but one of the many expressions of Mahayana Buddhism. Just as all of the world's Major religions have variations of belief focused on one teaching, so too Buddhism is separated into many different schools of thought. Theravada Buddhism is considered the oldest form of Buddhism. It's literally meaning wisdom of the elders and is considered more conservative. All of Buddhist tradition is focused on that insight must come from the aspirant's experience, critical investigation and reasoning, instead of by blind faith. Scriptures of the Theravadan tradition emphasize heeding the advice of the wise, considering such advice and evaluation of one's own experiences to be the two tests by which all practices should be judged. The Four Noble Truths 1. That truth, the truth of life is suffering 2. That the origin of suffering is attachment 3. That the cessation of suffering is attainable, and 4. That the Eightfold Path is the end to suffering, are common to all forms of Buddhism. These are the ideas I find it difficult to argue with. Life is suffering. 
There can be little argument about this, and in many ways I find it comforting to admit. Simply living requires all of us to face, face some difficult realities. We see it in children when they talk of fairness, and we try over and over to explain that human nature is not perfect and neither is the world we live in. At some point in our lives, we all likely endure pain, sickness, injury, tiredness, old age, and eventually death, as, as well as sadness, fear, frustration, disappointment, and depression. While there are varying degrees of suffering and equally joyful life experiences, it is impossible not to admit that life is at its very best, imperfect and incomplete. Siddhartha Buddha also explained that our world is subject to anaka, which is the Sanskrit name for impermanence. We know this to be true. Everything is in a state of flux. The snow comes, and as soon as we grow accustomed to it and arrange it the way we like it, it melts. We eat and we get hungry again. We clean our house and it gets dirty again. We clothe our children and they grow. Everything in life is in a constant state of flux. The second noble truth is that the origin of suffering is attachment. The Sanskrit name for suffering is dukkha comes when we are caught by surprise and disappointed by the inevitable changes of life. While most of us have learned to accept many of life's changes, there are always some that catch us unaware, and the Buddha would say that it is our attachment to thinking life should be some other way than it is that is the origin of most of our discomfort in life. How might your life be different if everything you viewed as an obstacle or disappointment today with a slight shift of focus, you could embrace as complete and the way it should be. The third noble truth is that cessation of suffering is attainable. The Buddha taught that anatta, the feeling of not-self, would end suffering. Here in the Western world, where self is so central to our ideals, I believe anatta is probably the most misunderstood aspect of the Buddhist teaching. Anatta is not simply letting go of feelings or letting go of ego. It involves an acceptance of impermanence and recognition of the interconnectedness of all life at work in our lives. It is focused only on the present moment. I was speaking to a friend lately who'd encountered some bumps in his seven-year marriage. His central concern was that while he loves his wife and feels as though she is his best friend, He's not certain they can make each other happy anymore. From a Buddhist perspective, this is where the attachment to the eye has become an obstacle. In many ways, he could describe being happy with his chosen mate, but it is the attachment to the external ideal of happiness and his sense that he deserved some idea of happiness that he had not yet attained that he reported to be feeling some discomfort. Detaching from expectations and focusing on what is offered helps us to find happiness in even the most unlikely times. I see this in Diane and Bob as they receive each card and email as though they were precious gifts and marvel at how the colors of the sunset ma match the beauty of the bruises on her arms. Staying present to what is offered in every moment without expectation is difficult especially when 
you are confronted with a difficult diagnosis or unfortunate news of any kind. But when we can shift our perspective from the I and open to the now, we can be liberated from our suffering in ways that staying stuck in the disappointment we cannot. Life can throw us curves, but if we spend our living moments grieving, we might miss the powerful gifts available to us right here in this moment. Living in right relationship or the Eightfold Path is the final noble truth. Attaining right view, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration, are the pathways to end suffering. The most remarkable thing about the Buddha, in my perspective, is that he never claimed to be divine or God. He believed in every person's ability to find the truth and to live by his or her own truth. So the Eightfold Path is not some prescriptive direction to spelling out one right way to live. But, like our own guiding UU principles, encourages adherents to live in right relationship to their own sense of what is correct and true. It is difficult to argue with the Buddha because that would mean arguing with ourselves. <laughs>